Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. The biggest breaking news stories. An outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. It's Monday the 15th of November. You're listening to Breakfast with me, Julia Hartley-Brewer, on Talk Radio. As well as listening, you can, of course, also watch the show live. Talk Radio is now on your TV. Download the Talk Radio TV app or go to talkradio.tv for details on how to watch. Coming up, a Liverpool taxi driver has been hailed a hero after he locked a suspected terrorist in his car just seconds before a bomb exploded outside Liverpool Women's Hospital on Remembrance Sunday. Meanwhile, the government is planning to wind down mass testing as part of an exit strategy dubbed Operation. Operation Ramdown as cases soar across Europe and governments introduce lockdowns. And vaccine passports have been extended from nightclubs to theatres, cinemas and concert halls in Wales. As of today, 6.33 is the time. This is Talk Radio. Good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for joining me. Uh, an awful lot to talk about this morning. Yes, you thought we were going to be stuck with, you know, the fallout of COP26. The fallout of COP26, by the way, is that there's going to be COP27 in Egypt uh, next uh, next year. Uh, but uh, actually, uh, really, a lot of the focus today is on uh, that what we believe is an attempted uh, terror attack uh, yesterday uh, in Liverpool. Um, extraordinary stories are emerging about uh, a cabbie, Dave, David Perry, whose car exploded in a fireball outside of the Liverpool Women's Hospital just seconds before the 11 o'clock, uh, two minutes silence was due to take place uh, on Remembrance Sunday. The male passenger who had asked to go to Liverpool's service of remembrance at Liverpool Cathedral was the only person killed. It does appear uh, that uh, David Perry had been called uh, to uh, a, a job, was asked to take a passenger to uh, the service at uh, at 11 o'clock. They couldn't get there because of the uh, police cordons and that the, the, the passenger asked then uh, to go to another destination, passed by the hospital, said, let's go into the hospital. The driver became suspicious, um, saw, it's understood from friends of his that he, he saw what he thought was a bomb, got out of the car, locked the passenger into the car just seconds before a bomb 
exploded. Now, the only person who was killed was uh, the person in the back of the car. Three arrests have since been made uh, in various different addresses uh, in Liverpool. And we know that the counterterrorism police are leading on this. It hasn't been confirmed as a terror attack, but as many uh, uh, experts uh, in terrorism have said this as all the hallmarks uh, of uh, a terrorist attack, given the, the timing, 11 o'clock uh, on Remembrance Sunday, uh, an attempt to go to the that service and then attempt to go to hospital. ISIS, of course, uh, have uh, done numerous attacks on hospitals in the Middle East. Extraordinary story, extraordinary tale of heroism. Thanks for the tax trade. He was injured, but he has been discharged from hospital, we understand. Well, discussing that and all of the other big stories today is my guest, editor of Spiked Online, Tom Slater. Good morning to you, Tom. Morning, Julia. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Um, a lot of the details are quite confused um, on this story. Of course, um, we, um, you know, we, we, we're getting a lot of things you know, from friends or, or relatives of this of this taxi driver who reported in the media. The police have not confirmed it's a terror attack, although it's the counterterrorism police that are actually carrying out the uh, uh, the investigations at the current time. But a, a lot of the hallmarks of, of what looks like a, an Islamist terror attack certainly seem to be there. But this the story about this cab driver, David Perry, it's absolutely extraordinary, isn't it? It's amazing. I mean, one of the quotes in the newspapers from his friends is that he's probably the bravest and luckiest man alive at the moment. And I think that perfectly sums it up, the kind of split second thinking it took to realise what was going on, to leap out of his cab, to lock it, and then to potentially save, you know, dozens of lives, really. You know, wherever yeah. this might have gone off could have been really quite... Yeah really quite deadly and this 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 is something that seems to happen time and again it's one of those i don't want to use the phrase silver lining but one of the heartening things to come out of horrendous tragedies whether it was the first london bridge attack we saw people fight back with skateboards and pint glasses and all kinds of other things the second london bridge attack and the famous narwhal tusk that everyone will remember yeah. just these acts of individual heroism in the face of tragedy and barbarism is always yeah. always not narwhal tusk man was everything that epitomizes britain i i i, <laughs> I loved that man i love that man but I mean, this is the thing i mean i mean people say you know it's tragic look it wasn't you know if the person who is the only i mean again we, we don't know all the details yet if the only person who died was the was a suspected terrorist eh, I'm, I'm not going with the word tragedy call me old-fashioned um but um it the, the the first thought i think i think a lot of people seeing the reports yesterday as a car is exploded i have to say my first thought was oh you know something's gone wrong with the car uh, I didn't really think much of it. Um, and, and then, of course, then we, we saw you know, counterterrorism sweep, police swooping on various different uh, uh, addresses. And, and then the tale, this tale of heroism emerges. And then, of course, it becomes a much more significant story. There was real concern once it emerged that it looked like it had actually been a bomb, that someone had deliberately targeted the hospital. So now it appears that the original destination was the Remembrance Day service in Liverpool, Liverpool Cathedral, but they couldn't get there. And, and that the... the because my, my again, my first thought when I read this was, why on earth would the taxi driver drive to a hospital? That seems to be the worst possible place you could go if you suspected there was something going on in the back of your car. Mm. Um, but um, uh, no, he, he was directed there. It is claimed by the friends of the the driver to to the hospital by the suspect, by the man who has now died. And uh, um, but but he realised what was going on and and leapt out. I mean, he has you know he has uh, some quite you know serious injuries. Uh, thankfully, not life threatening. Um, but uh, by all accounts, according to uh, fellow cab drivers, that he 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 has sustained certainly some you know more than just a, a cut and a scratch, uh, and uh, you know to himself. But again, uh, just amazing, amazing heroism. We've had um, you know, statements from Priti Patel that she's been kept abreast of all of this, and we we are no doubt going to get a statement later this morning as well. 
but incredibly unnerving if that is a terror attack that has happened aimed at people you know marking uh, remembrance sunday that that would be very significant it definitely would and it would point in a certain direction shall we say as to what might be the cause of this we don't want to speculate about these things but also the way in which it seemed to pan out from the reporting that we've seen is something that you do see in previous attacks where there's kind of a primary target <clears throat> if you like sorry and um when roadblocks are kind of put in place literally or figuratively they just go somewhere else because the the aim really is just to inflict as much damage as possible and it being at liverpool's women's hospital i mean one of the quotes in the newspapers points to this you know there's there's newborn babies coming in and out of that hospital yeah. all the time you know the, what could have happened yeah. were it not for this brave cab driver's actions the, the mind really does yeah. you know go to some dark places when you think about it, what could have taken place it really yes. does david perry we salute you sir what, what an absolute hero he is um let's talk um cop 26 uh it finished i mean thank god it, it ran over by over 24 hours um boris johnson yesterday said the deal was game changing gave it a six out of ten basically they said they had a deal and it's all about we're going to you know wind down and end uh use of fossil fuels mainly directed at coal of course uh india and china stepped in an hour beforehand there were these bizarre last minute negotiations you know on you know in in public on telly uh, such as mm. anyone was watching let's be honest um and uh india and china stepping in basically saying uh no thank you very much because basically our economy is absolutely reliant on coal still um and there was a sort of changing of wording um, whether or not the wording was significant or not, uh, I suppose, is going to remain to be seen. But um, was it a game-changing COP meeting? Um, no. Insofar as, as with all of these COPs, it's just about lining up the next one. Um, again, you know, there are some significant developments there. And for, for ill, in the sense that I don't think kind of forcing countries, which are still developing, whether it's to phase out or phase down their coal production, <laughs> in the jargon yeah. that came out from that negotiation, I don't think we should be forcing them to do that. Um, so in a sense, and we're not in not... a position to do that. I mean, it's the, it's the idea that, you know, um, the Maldives should have a say over mm. what India does or what China does. I'm sorry, that's just not how life works. It's, it's ridiculous. But you see the kind of the moral pressure being heaped upon them. You know, Alok Sharma saying yesterday that China and India are going to have to justify themselves <laughs> to the world and to these island nations. And you just think, if you're China or you're India, they've made a lot of strides in recent years, undoubtedly. But it's something like 60% of people in India still live on just over $3 a day. This is not a rich country by any stretch of the imagination. They've come a long way because of fossil fuels. And to pour all this scorn on them for daring to lift their people out of poverty, I think is unpleasant. But we're just going to see more of this. That's definitely the direction. I'm going out on a limb here. I don't think that countries like China which have almost a million people in detention camps, in re-education camps, simply for being of the wrong religion and ethnicity. I don't think they're that bothered about what the rest of the world thinks of them. I'm going out, <laughs> I'm going out on a limb, but I think they're OK with people being a bit judgy about them mm. still using coal. Well, there is certainly that, shall we say. I mean, you can tell that the Chinese have kind of played ball with these conferences to a certain degree because they want to be around the table, they want to be part of these kind of global arrangements because it yeah. says something about their prestige and all the rest of it. But as you say, um, this is not necessarily a nation that is just going to play ball because Alok Sharma and the yeah. comment pages at The Guardian condemn them. No, That's exactly. It. I did think Alok Sharma getting quite a, a emotional and then getting a round of applause. I mean, it was everything that was wrong about the planet right now was mm. Alok Sharma getting emotional about this all changing, probably because he's probably not slept for the last three nights. Um, and, and then and then people clapping because we, we always clap failure now.
That's what we do in this country. We clap failure. But I mean, uh, my, my, my main thing is, it's like, if they thought COP26 was going to be so game-changing and so important, they wouldn't have booked COP27 in Egypt already. They probably got COP28 booked already as well. Um, it's to me, I'm sorry, I look at this screen of these people. It's a bunch of green grifters, as far as I can tell. Uh, I mean, none of them are paying for their... I mean, no one is paying their own way there, are they? They're all, it's, always, it's always green charities and green groups, most of which are funded, by the way, by multimillionaires and billionaires and, and big companies and like. And everyone's... And, and governments. Everyone's there on a grift. Everyone's on a freebie. And they just go from country to country on these big freebies, being terribly self-important and sanctimonious and, and living exactly the life that they want to leave. I... I, I, I I just don't buy into any of this. I think this whole, I think this is one big grift. I really do. Well, they don't act like people who think the world's going to end. They don't, do they? Do they? Um, not just because of the fact that they're all flying there in private jets and 85 car motorcades, as Joe Biden was caught doing and all the rest of it. But also because, you know, you would come to this kind of grinding, complicated compromise if you really thought that hellfire was almost yeah. upon us, these people think they do. So there is a kind of unreality to it. And there is also, as you say, just that remarkable hypocrisy of people basically going around and telling certain countries and people in general to put up yeah. with less whilst they're living a remarkable life of luxury and in many cases making a lot of money yeah. out of this green racket Absolutely. so yeah no, what, what i loved is when the deal the deal was announced which doesn't really change much at all and again things like deforestation and the methane gas um and the phasing out of coal you know and, you know that was happening anyway in the West. I mean, it was happening anyway. So so they're often sort of clapping themselves on the back. And you say, like, 90 countries agree with this. I mean, you know, Tuvalu. I mean, for God's sake, people. I mean, it's just, let's let's, let's have a reality check on this. Um, just also worth talking about is um, linked to this, of course, is how we travel. Railways, front page mm. of the eye today. Um, it was hinted at in, in some of the Sunday papers. Um, but the rail plans are being scaled down in what the I are calling a blow for levelling up. The government's going to scrap plans for a new high-speed link between Leeds and Manchester, along with abandoning the HS2 extension nor north of Birmingham. Um, they're going to abandon new cross-Pennine routes. Um, and uh, basically, it's you know, it's raining in spending. Of course, these things are very, very expensive. But um, the, the number 10 apparently are going to boost um, the region with new intercity rail routes. Um, but leaders of the Northern Powerhouse Project will obviously not be very happy. But no, there's been this demand for years from people actually living in the Midlands and the North. Could we please have routes? Could we have railways to link our, our cities? It's not mm. all about a quick way of getting to and from London. They want to, you know, these major magnificent cities, you know, once were huge economic powerhouses linking them across the North and the Midlands. Um, and and you know east west being absolutely vital but but basically the the high profile the really expensive projects those are all going to the wall what do you make of that well it's in one sense as you say it's good that the kind of priorities of local people are being put first i mean just the lack of connectivity kind of between cities between cities and suburbs i mean one of the things that makes london and the southeast so successful is you have all of these kind of satellite towns so wired in to London and a lot of the prosperity from the centre kind of filters out therefore you don't have that in large parts of the north that is what people are after but especially when you're talking about HS2 which I know is very controversial yeah. and I know it's become a massive white elephant and all those things are true the fact that we find it so difficult and exorbitantly expensive just to create our second high-speed rail line yeah. I think there's something about what we're doing wrong given the fact that not to use China as a model, but they not one of those things up in a weekend. Yeah, I mean, again, but in France and, and, and other European countries, they do as well. I mean, at the end mm. of the day, you, know, you can't build a runway, you can't build, you can't build anything 
uh, in this in this country. And at some point we have to we can either say we're going to be a 21st century country. We're going to build this stuff or we're or we're just going to say, oh, we're just going to protect, you know, some random bird species along yes. the way in the Jiltons or something like that. And you have you know, there's going to be a trade off at some point. We're going to have to choose. Um, thank you very much. More from you, Tom, coming up. We are going to be talking more about um, COVID as well and an extension of those uh, COVID rules in Wales. And of course, uh, also the I mean, just utterly shocking lockdown that's happening from today in Austria. We'll talk all about that and migrants crossing the channel as well. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.